Hi, this is Adrian King, and I played Alice in Friday the 13th, and you are listening to Horror Homeschool. Welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. I'm excited to talk about this one with you, uh, since you've had a bit of an up and down relationship with the Friday so far. <laughs> I'm hoping that this one was like a hit with you after you disliking the last one. So Friday the 13th, part three, released in 1982. Steve Miner returns from part two to direct this one with two new writers, Martin Critosa and Carol Watson. And the synopsis is as follows. Jason Voorhees stalks a group of friends who's just arrived to spend the weekend at a cabin near Crystal Lake. And it's literally as simple as that. I feel um, like at that point, they should have just shut down Crystal Lake. <laughs> well, the whole lake. Yeah, just drain <laughs> it. Just get it. Yeah. Build something over. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is set like directly after part two like the next day um and i've got some trivia here so uh the original storyline for this movie was meant to focus on a post-traumatic Ginny who began learning self-defense and returned to college after surviving the ordeal from that night and then she finds paul's corpse inside her dormitory uh so kind of like in the style of part two where alice finds the head in the fridge and then she prepares to track down Voorhees and face him in a final confrontation. So almost sort of like a Laurie Strode Halloween okay. 2018 vibe. Yeah. Uh, but obviously this concept was abandoned when Amy Steele declined to reprise her role. Um, which I think is kind of sad. I mean, I, I really love Amy Steele. Like, honestly, she's one of my favorite final girls. I know you weren't like overly fussed on her, were you? Mm-mm, unfortunately no. not. Um, so the film was intended to end the series as a trilogy. However, on a budget of $2.2 million, the film grossed $36.7 million at the US box office. Oh, wow. So again, huge success. And they were rubbing their hands together thinking, okay, sequel time. <laughs> Um, but it re- actually received negative reviews from the critics. But despite that, it was the very first film to remove E.T., the extraterrestrial, from the number one box office spot. And it became the second highest grossing horror film of 1982 behind Poltergeist. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, 
I've got here, it's the third most attendance of the Friday 13th franchise with approximately 11,762,400 tickets sold. Wow. I did pretty fucking well. Um, the film was also released on Friday the 13th. Oh, sick. That, that helped <laughs> the ticket sales. So the poster continues the theme of the killer in silhouette, but this time they're behind like a shower curtain sort of like stabbing through it with like a bloody machete um however again sort of false advertisement because nobody in the movie was killed in the shower um and the silhouette also appears to have hair and doesn't really resemble jason Voorhees. don't know if you noticed um i mean this kind of like marketing reminds me of like comic book covers you know where mm-hmm. they pick something on the front that doesn't happen at any point in the comic <laughs> Um, but again, it sort of continues um, the theme in the Friday the 13th franchise. When we get to part five uh, and Jason goes to hell, there's like a completely different mask on the poster that isn't seen at all in the movie. <laughs> they just wanted people so, to get people in. Yeah, yeah. They just wanted to be like, oh, that's, that looks cool. That looks different. Um, so director Steve Miner is actually the voice of the TV newscaster at the beginning of the movie. Um, Higgins Haven that's the place where Chris and her friends go Um, it was all purpose built on set on location so the house the barn the lake uh, all built at Valuzet Movie Ranch in Sagres California Um, oh that's cool and the the man-made lake wasn't properly sealed and apparently the water drained into the soil during the first week of filming (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, like, quick, get them lake shots done. Um, And people visit that filming location to this day, and uh, most of the structures are still standing, including the famous jetty where Jason wears his hockey mask for the first time. Um, Let's go. Oh, I'd fucking love to. Uh, Unfortunately, the cabin burnt down in 2005, though. Some stupid fan lit a fire in the fake fireplace. Which resulted in the cabin being burnt to the ground. What an idiot. Like, how (laughs) awkward. You're like, uh, hey guys, I burnt I've just destroyed a piece of film history here. So all all that's left now is, like, the stone chimney just standing there. Jeez. (laughs) Um, So here's an obvious one that goes without saying, but this was the first of the Friday 13th films to use the iconic hockey mask which has yep. been in every sequel since. Um, Jason is first seen wearing the hockey mask exactly an hour into the film. Yeah, and, uh, and it's just crazy to think that the actual, like, the actual Jason that people know today happened in the third movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is crazy. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, especially people that aren't, like, hardcore fans of the franchise. It's almost like the Mandala effect. Like yeah. a lot of people just be like, oh yeah, they start on number one and Jason's there with this hockey mask. But nope, doesn't actually happen until an hour into the third film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it is just, it just works so well, doesn't it? You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's iconic. Sure. It, feel, it feels right when it happens. Um, and it kind of happens in an organic way. You know, he's, he just comes across this mask from someone that he kills. You know, he just like, oh. I'll use this, you know, this is a cool mask. <laughs> this will hide my face. 
Um, so here's one that I didn't know. So Larry Zerner uh, was cast as Shelley um, when the producer spotted him handing out flyers for a horror movie and asked him if he wanted to star in one himself. <sighs> so That's I mean, awesome. I mean, that explains his terrible acting as well. Oh, God, <laughs> he was the worst. <laughs> so they were literally just pulling people off the streets to cast in this film. Like, it really does explain the bad acting. Um, I just, I don't understand why they couldn't find a good cast for this one. You know, after, like, the success of the first two. Yeah. But, but I was thinking maybe no one decent wanted to go near it after, like, reading the script. <laughs> they were just right. like, nah, it's okay. <laughs> We'll give this one a miss. Um, so Martin J. Sadoff, the film's 3D effects supervisor, is responsible for coming up with Jason's trademark hockey mask. Sadoff always kept a bag with him full of hockey gear on set because he was an avid hockey fan. Mm. While testing potential masks to use for Jason, he pulled out a Detroit Red Wings goalie mask for test. And director Steve Miner loved the look and after making some modifications to the mask, decided to use it in the film. Nice. Nice little happenstance there. Um, Former trapeze artist Richard Brooker was chosen to play Jason simply because Steve Miner needed a a big man for the role. So being six foot three tall, but not that bulky, the slim and toned Brooker wore foam padding under his clothes and did all of his own stunts. Nice. Um, so for part three, they moved production from Connecticut to California, where they could move closer to Hollywood experts needed for the film that was attempting to revitalize 3D. Um, they told East Coast-based Steve Daskowitz, who played Jason in part two, that um, if he wanted to pay for his own airfare out to California... Uh, to be in the movie, he objected. Uh, <laughs> so that part was recast with Richard Brooker. Yeah, why would uh, why would you want to pay for your? <laughs> yeah, um, although it appears sunny and warm, the film was shot during January, February, winter. Several night scenes were trimmed in order to conceal the actor's visible breath appearing on screen. Oh wow! Um, originally, Jason was supposed. Oh yeah, this is a bit of a. Um, bit of a dodgy one so originally jason was supposed to rape chris in the flashback scene uh, but this idea was dropped or downplayed partially due to it being out of character for jason who never sexually assaulted any of his other victims so yeah i don't know if you noticed sort of that plot thread was a bit odd yeah yeah i did that was that was the reason why it was meant to go further than that random attack that was completely pointless and and (laughs) i was I was yeah, I was picking up on that vibe, and I was mm. afraid that I was going to say something mm-hmm. or show something, but then didn't, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool. that would have like totally ruined Jason as a character, like yeah, because you know he's he's the sympathetic villain, like everyone loves Jason, you know, and if he did something like that, it would instantly just kill the franchise and the character, you know, right, so for sure, for they sure, totally, totally made the right decision there, um. So Paramount was forced to spend $10 million to actually get part three into theatres. Um, so that's because they ended up making, supplying and installing the individual lenses and silver screens required to project part three 
into all 1,079 theatres, uh, which showed the film opening weekend. Um, so they had to train the projectionist at theatres and establish a 24-hour hotline for all the theatres encountering problems with the 3D. <laughs> <laughs> so I know oh you used to, you used to do that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Did you ever have to do a 3D movie? Um... Yeah, because I, let's see, because I think I was working, I was working at the theater whenever the 3D movies came out, started coming out again, Um, but I don't remember which ones, (laughs) since so long ago. Yeah, so they proper went in on this one, really pushed it, but it worked, you know, the the gimmick worked and it was, uh, it was successful. Yeah, I could tell a lot throughout the movie whenever things are supposed to be 3D. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this next next bit of trivia here, it says, many of the actors said there was far more focus on finding cool 3D things for them to do than actually yes. acting. Yes. <laughs> so that for explains. Sure. Um, part three is the only Friday 13th film in which none of the characters actually say the name Jason. Oh, I didn't notice that. Hmm. Um, so... We've got our next placement in the uh, top 10 hottest Friday 13th girls. So Tracy Savage, who did the shower scene, she placed at number eight. And uh, she also made another list called the top 12 boobs of Friday the 13th. (laughs) She was voted number seven on that list. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, yep, these lists exist. Of course they do. I mean, she was okay. You know, I wouldn't kick her out of bed, but I don't know if I placed her on the list. <laughs> Thing is, though, that that girl in the first one that placed at number 10, I oh, don't the... rate her at all. Like, I don't think she's, I mean. But brown, brown granny panties. <laughs> uh... Actually, Ryan Horn's a big fan of her because we were, we were talking about this ages ago on, because I think we found this list a while ago. And he was like, let's do our own list. Like, and like his top, his first one was her. Like, he, he's really a fan of her. Really? She nah, doesn't do it for me. Um, so we'll end the trivia there on that last little bit of insightful fact. So initial thoughts on this one, Ashley. Um, I definitely liked this one more than the second one. Yay. Yeah, for sure. I actually, per, I actually quite enjoyed this one. Um, Good. It was, correct answer <laughs> yeah um but yeah no i could totally tell about the 3d stuff like the part with the um the yo-yo <laughs> yeah but yeah no overall i liked it better than the definitely liked it better than the second one good i'm glad to hear it i mean for me i love it obviously um i honestly think that this one is kind of the ultimate friday the 13th movie like it's the one where Jason gets his hockey mask. You know, it's sort of his most iconic look, you know, with the green mm-hmm. shirt. Like, and he's just scary as fuck in it. Like, to me, it's like the really like the pinnacle of the franchise. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, this one could be the first one and you could skip yeah. the first two and not even like miss a beat. Absolutely. I mean, the legend of Jason Voorhees and Mrs. Voorhees and camp crystal lake and all that it's not even actually mentioned um no one actually knows who jason is really right um but 
but weirdly saying that, it's the one movie that I'd recommend people watch. You know, if they said, I can only watch one Friday the 13th movie, I've not seen any of the others, I'd say this one. Like, because it literally has it all. You know, you've got a scary Jason, you've got great kills, ridiculous plot, but it's great fun. And, yeah. you know, you've got that score with Harry Manfredini, it's still brilliant. Um, you know, Steve Miner returning to direct it. I obviously was a big fan of the last one, so that was good for me. Um, I, I think he's a really underrated director. Like, I, I do like his style a lot. Um, he also directed Halloween H2O. I don't know hmm. if that strengthens or weakens my point, but <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, like, I think, like, those are, like, two of the best movies in the franchise next to the original. Um you know, it's got some bad acting and a terrible storyline. Um, you know, it's it's not my favourite, but it's the most Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th movie, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, even though it's not a Camp Crystal Lake and there's no counsellors, um, but we'll get into that. Uh, so let's do it scene by scene. So opening scene is a recap of what happened at the end of part two. And I fast forwarded. it. <laughs> It's, it's literally the last 15 minutes of that film, bar the dream sequence. And uh, only this time we have an added scene of Jason pulling the machete from his back and getting up. A very odd way to start the movie, but it's business as usual for the Friday. Um, and then we get the last frame of the last movie, Mrs. Voorhees' decapitated head on the table. And then we get the title. Friday the 13th part 3 springing out of the screen in 3D. The coolest I loved this um song or the uh the score. Oh yeah, the music here, it's so good. It's like a really funky, really 80s like spooky score. Mm-hmm, loved it. Yeah, it's great. And as we go through like the cast and the crew names, like each one's popping out of the screen in glorious two color 3D. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a blue sky with clouds in the background. <laughs> it just looks so good. I love this opening credits. Like it's so cheesy and of its time. Um, so, and then we get to the first shot in the movie, and it's a storm. I'm like, hell yes, a bit of thunder and lightning. Um, and we get a lovely sweeping shot into like a lakefront store and like somebody's house. And the camera pans through all the hanging laundry on the washing line. And it's a great shot. And uh, I mean, obviously, I watched this in 3D and there's brilliant 3D here. Like you just feel like you're going into it, you know, and then uh, there's the obvious 3D shot when that dude's holding the washing line pole and he's yeah. like putting it right up to the middle of the camera. And it honestly feels like it's touching your nose. It's so funny. Um, and then we get his wife inside. She's watching Ugh. the TV. She's so about... naggy and just annoying. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, he actually never speaks to his wife. He only speaks to his goldfish and his rabbit. I know. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. She just nags at him. <laughs> he just doesn't say a thing. Uh, so she's watching the TV about the murders from the last movie. Um, and they're saying last night, you know, there was eight victims claimed and Ginny survived. Um, so that's where we find out this movie takes place immediately after the events of part two. Um, so it's the next day. Uh, and now we see Jason, he's creeping around in the back garden among the washing. Um, very Michael Myers from Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, where Laurie's looking out of her window and sees him standing there. 
And we actually get a glimpse of unmasked Jason. Um, in my opinion, proper for the first time, because this is the first time we see Jason's face for real, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Does that make sense? Not a dream sequence or anything yeah. like that. Um, so she goes out to get the washing in and Jason's creeping about and he grabs some clothes and makes a quick change from his dungarees and plaid shirt into his now trademark iconic green shirt and pants. Um, so next we were back to the husband's and he's with his rabbit in his shop and he's scoffing his face, like walking around, doesn't eat like some nuts or something and then eats a donut as well. Um, and then there's like a jump scare where his wife comes in and she like has a go at him for eating, saying that he needs to lose weight. The doctor said he needs to lose weight. <laughs> I think this dude looks like perfectly healthy. I me. know. That's what I was <laughs> thinking too. I was like, this chick. <laughs> she was like really giving him grief. I mean, I don't know if that was like a line to sort of set up that his clothes are big enough for Jason, you know, because I mean, he is completely like half the size of Jason. So. <laughs> I don't know how them clothes fit him <laughs> at all. But um, then he goes like into a barn and then we get like a, a snake jumping out in 3D and it's like and good And you scare. obviously see the <laughs> string on the snake. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, and then <laughs> then he goes to take a shit. And, oh, like, I know. That part was just... <laughs> we <laughs> We get to like hear it all. I know. It's disgusting. It was just foul. I was like, what is this? What am I watching? (laughs) I mean, maybe his wife had a point earlier. Like, clearly this man does not have a good diet from the sound of what was coming out of him. I know. I was just like, And then he just pulls his pants up and goes get killed. Oh, that yeah, that's gross. Like, he thinks he hears something and he totally just pulls his pants up and doesn't wipe at all. Even though... That sounded like the kind of shit where you totally need to wipe after. Like, oh yeah, one hundred percent. That that was not as I like to call it a ghost poo. Because um, not only do the people have to find him dead, but then they're like, "Oh my god, this man just reeks." <laughs> this man's covered in his own feces. Jeez. It must be the donuts. Um, so then he gets a meat cleaver to the chest by Jason, and that's the end of Harold. Um, and then his wife goes looking for him. And then there's a jump scare with a cute little rat who pops out the screen and probably my favourite 3D part. Um, and then she gets stabbed by Jason with a knitting needle from behind. Yeah, That's I liked that. Cool. that. That was cool. Um, now we cut to suburbia with our group of teens and we're introduced to Shelley, who's the clown in this one. Ugh, He's he scaring annoying. them, wearing a mask. Yeah, very, very annoying character, but I kind of like him. Um, I kind of... Uh, relate to Shelly a lot. I know, me too. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Just very awkward in their own skin and trying way too hard to impress people. And then like he apologizes for himself over and over again. <laughs> I love the line like when when they say, Just relax, Shelly. Just be yourself. And he's like, Would you be yourself if you look like this? <laughs> I know. It's like, man, that cuts deep. <laughs> so when they're going to pick up uh the date for Shelly, I can't remember what her name was. Her name is, I want to say Vera. The mom. The mom being Hispanic. Oh, yeah, she knew. She knew something bad was going to happen. That's why she didn't want want her to go, but then she ended up going, and guess what? Something bad happened. (laughs) (laughs) Hispanic moms, no. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. So then um, 
the van's on fire or is it and uh we see inside the van and there's two very much older looking stoners uh hot box in the van with two very large bongs <laughs> that's so great and uh, i know the dude looks like he's like in his 50s yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he totally does um so then they're just like driving to the lake and smoking joints um and one of these joints gets passed right out of the screen and i almost like reached out and took it myself like it's so funny that's awesome <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant um and then they think that there's cops chasing them and they start to panic and get rid of the weed by like eating it but then there's like no ramifications of that i thought we were gonna get like a seed where someone like trips the fuck out later on um yeah. eating all that would be so nasty oh yeah that would that would not be you'd not have a good time after that for sure. uh, but then the cops they drive right past them and then they go to the store where the husband and wife were just killed by jason and we see someone getting carried out in a stretcher um now we meet the new crazy ralph who's lying on the road oh that guy's creepier than ralph ever yeah. was oh it's scary and he's got an eyeball oh that grossed me out so bad and they had to like look <laughs> and he says uh i have warned thee and then he sort of like pushes the eyeball right into the middle of the shot and jumps out of the screen in 3d it's so good <laughs> so he's like warning them not to go to crystal lake um so they arrive at higgins haven so this is final girl chris's old home on crystal lake so they're gonna spend the weekend there and uh, chris takes a look around on her own and then gets pulled into the cabin by a throat by rick um which is like really unnecessary and strange again this guy is obviously much older oh um, gosh the guy looks like he's almost 50. <laughs> it's just like it's weird and then he says did i do something wrong and it's like well yes you literally just throttled this girl and pulled her into a cabin <laughs> and he just acts like a jerk um and she says no no you didn't do anything wrong um i'm just freaked out about being here again it's been two years and and she's just sort of wanting to have an actual conversation with him and he just goes in for another kiss and she's like whoa whoa like slow down we've got the whole weekend here and then no, he, says, he was such a creep. Says the line, "There's only so many cold showers I can take." Ugh. I mean, come on, come on, guy, just calm down. Um, and then he like calls her fat when he's giving her a piggyback. He's yeah. Like, oh, you put weight on or something. I'm like, this guy is such a catch, isn't he? Like, fuck me. Oh yeah, he sounds like my dream dude. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Talk about red flags. um and then we see all the teens they've gone skinny dipping but poor shelly's left behind uh because he says he's not skinny enough (laughs) oh yeah i feel feel his pain of being there mate um yeah i was i was that fat dude that used to wear a t-shirt in the pool like I totally was way too self-conscious to yep, show my body. <laughs> Big t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. I was like 90% of my childhood. Now I'm just like, whatever. I'm just going to wear a bikini and none of y'all can stop me. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see um, someone that doesn't mind getting their shirt off. Rick. 
he's pulling up some hay from the top of the barn by a winch, uh, which will play a, a larger part in the movie later on. Um, so him and Chris, they hear a scream and they go to investigate. And uh, then Chris opens a cupboard and Shelley falls out with an axe in his head and everyone's scared. But then it turns out to be just a practical joke and everyone's mad and calls Shelley an asshole. Um, and then they go off to the store um, where we meet the biker gang and they're harassing Shelley and Vera. Um, and then there's a like, weird scene where the wallet gets thrown, another 3D moment. <laughs> and uh, the girl biker, Fox, she's like trying her hardest to be scary, but is such I a know. bad actor, it doesn't even work. I know, she was terrible. <laughs> terrible. And what is it about the 80s and the 90s with... Um biker gangs like biker gangs. you know you you grow up thinking you're gonna run into more biker gangs than you do <laughs> and then every time you like actually are around people who are in biker gangs or whatever they're like actually like nice people and stuff like that <laughs> there's this biker gang in southport i can't remember the name but we they come and visit like a lot because there's like a place where they sort of congregate and there's a pub they go to called Fox and Goose. Like, they've got, you know, like a proper little community. And they are, like, the sweetest bunch of people. Like, they're literally, like, really sound to hang out with. Nothing like you see in the movies. Yeah, yeah we have a thing in um, Austin each year called the Rot Rally. And, I mean, people with motorcycles come from all over the country. And... You know, like a lot of them are like doctors and so like that. They just do this for their like weekend pastimes. It's really funny. Yeah, I, I would expect you'd have more uh, rough biker gangs in Texas than anywhere else. You would surely. think, but <laughs> honestly, like all in... we really have are just rednecks and big trucks and. <laughs> like in a, have you ever seen the SpongeBob SquarePants movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that bar that Spongebob goes into and it's all like the bikers Yep. and Motorhead starts playing and there's people getting like thrown out of windows and stuff. <laughs> so funny. Well, I mean, those things may exist. I've never seen them. But... <laughs> <laughs> so they leave and uh, Shelly drives the, the car and, and totally fucks up and dr- like reverses into their bikes by accident. <laughs> And he's like, oh shit. And she's like, oh shit is right. Um, Shelly's luck is my luck. Yeah. (laughs) He has shit luck, all right. He's so clumsy. Um, So then the bald biker dude, like, appears at the window and smashes the window with a chain. And then Shelly's like, fuck this, and like drives over his bike. (laughs) And it's like, bold move. Uh, And they end up getting away. Bikers are fuming. So now we're back at the lodge and uh, we've got that infamous yo-yo 3D scene. Mm-hmm. And honestly, watching that in 3D is absolutely mesmerizing. Like, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> um, and then that girl, she's like, uh, she's, what does she say? Like, I'll break your string or something like that. It's like, I crossed my legs. Like, that sounds painful. <laughs> um, and then Chris and Rick, they drive off. Um. And uh, we see uh, someone watching them. And then two of the teens, they go swimming. 
and uh, the, when the girl goes to grab towels, we see that the biker gang are there, and they're siphoning the fuel out of their van. Um, and meanwhile, the girl biker, Fox, she goes to check out the barn, uh, and, and enter Jason. He's the following her around. The whole scene is crazy, too, because, like, they're trying to be quiet, and they're trying to sneak around, and she goes into the barn and just starts clanging on, cl- on everything. <laughs> She's, like, picking up everything and, like, hit. She picks up, like, a, a water flask and, like, hits it for no reason at one point. She's, like, totally, like, snooping around. Um, and then she, like, trips and almost impales herself on a pitchfork. Um, and then she goes up the ladder to the, the first floor in the barn. And then she starts, like, swinging on that winch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other biker sees her. And then she disappears. I thought that and was then, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then this the white biker guy, he goes into the barn to find her. And then he finds her impaled by a pitchfork. And then he gets stuck by another one, by Jason. Um, and then the bald biker dude goes in to find them. And then he gets hit by the corpse of the white guy, thrown by Jason. And then he grabs a machete and goes after Jason, but then gets knocked the fuck out with one punch and then stabbed multiple times in the chest. I know. <laughs> it's badass. Jason just doesn't take any shit in this. Um, and then back at the lodge, we get another infamous 3d scene with the juggling um and then shelly's like checking out vera's ass and then he like tries to hit on her and he's like punching way above there like no chance shelly like come on (laughs) like i don't mean to be mean but they are not even in the same league well not Um, only that but the way that he like yeah the way that he does it is just creepy he was just a creep yeah, and then he calls her a bitch because like rejects him, and it's like you're such an incel, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she goes outside and leaves him alone. Um, and now we see two of the teens having sex in a hammock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then we catch up with Chris and Rick, and Chris is finally telling us why she's like so funny about coming back to her lodge after two years um so we get a flashback uh, backstory so apparently she had a fight with her parents and her mum slapped her and that caused her to run out into the woods uh there she came across jason who attacked her for no apparent reason um then she blacked out and woke up in her own bed so yeah that whole thing was weird very odd encounter not something like something jason would do Okay, so from the first movie to this movie, how long is it? Part two is actually set five years after the first one. Okay. Okay, so part two is five years after the first one. Yeah. And then the third one is within the next next, day from the second. The next day after that one. So realistically, this flashback could have happened two years ago with adult Jason. Um, However, the only sticking point I have is what he's wearing because that's his his clothes that he's literally just got off the washing line in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe he's been to that household before and, and picked up that, that guy's clothes before. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we really shouldn't try and make sense of these films. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chris is telling us about the encounter that she had with Jason 
very odd and out of character, makes no sense, is literally just there to have some sort of, so that the final girl has got some sort of history with Jason. (laughs) Um, I mean, he literally could be just protecting his territory. That's why he sort of, and and he was just out and about and he just came across this girl and was like, oh, fuck off. Um, But then he wouldn't put her in bed. I mean, and it, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, he literally, he just kills for his mum. So I don't understand. Um, odd odd plot point to have. But then we uh, we follow one of the stoners going for a shit. Um, there's a lot of toilet time in this. Yeah, not not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of the toilet time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, personally, I love a bit of toilet time. But watching it in my films, it's <laughs> it's always odd. Uh, but I guess it's like it's a time when you're alone and vulnerable, so it's it's a good setup um, for for a scare in this film. Um, actually, there's another legendary toilet scene coming up in part five. Um, so this guy, this, this hippie, he's smoking a joint on the john, but then someone shakes the shack, and he goes out to look to investigate who did it. Like literal nightmare. Like yeah, especially. <laughs> smoking and getting all paranoid about oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. one of the times where i had a bad experience when watching a horror when i was under the influence i, I think i've said about it before but the blair witch project oh man like, do not watch horrors when you're stoned like that's just not appropriate <laughs> or at least like s- super scary ones like that um, i've uh i've watched mandy oh oh that would have been yeah. good though right <laughs> <laughs> not that se- you've seen Mandy, right? Mm-hmm. You know the scene where um, she gets ki- the the main chick gets kidnapped, and they're like he's talking to her and like oh, he drugged her, and like their yeah. faces are like melting together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's gonna be a bit rough. Oh, good. Depending on what kind of trip you like. <laughs> no, it was it was creepy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then he goes out to investigate who was shaking the toilet and he runs into his friend and they think it was just Shelly messing around. So then they go to investigate the death barn. Um, shockingly, they leave alive, uh, but we see that Jason's watching them. And you definitely uh, like to creep around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, why? Why is he creeping around this place? Like, is he just bored? Does he just like actively seek out randoms to kill at this point? I, I guess think so. Because so. he's just, it's a sport for him, maybe, and a bit of entertainment. Um, so then next we see the girl that rejected Shelly, Vera. She sat on the jetty with her feet in the lake. And then she screams as someone grabs her feet. It turns see, out to be Shelly. That's my, <clears throat> one of my biggest fears is when I'm swimming or anywhere and something grabs my, my foot. Yeah. Oh, I hate it's like, it. Like sleeping with your feet out of the covers of the bed. Like, yeah. just that fear of like someone it's, grabbing you. Especially when I'm in like swimming and stuff like that. Because when I was a kid, um, the pastor of our church, we would like go to our um, public pool. And for some reason, he loved picking on me and he would grab my foot and drag me under the water into the like deepest part of the pool and just like hold me there for a while and it just like traumatized Holy shit. me 
I'm not fucking so. surprised. That's horrendous. <laughs> so I, I hate it. Like, I always think that somebody's going to grab my foot, and it's just, like, terrifying. Damn. There's some childhood trauma like that coming up in um, Jason Takes Manhattan. Great. Um, which you'll be able to relate to. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but, yeah, that's fucked. What a horrible guy. <laughs> uh, um. So, yeah, it, uh, it turns out to be Shelley. And he's wearing a hockey mask for some reason uh, and like a wetsuit. And he's worryingly carrying a spear gun. I don't know what he was intending to do with that. It's just weird. Um, now they they argue and he storms off like the wounded incel that he is. Um, and then it's his turn in the death barn. And um, we don't actually get to see his meeting with Jason. Or his kill, or Jason taking his mask. Um, Which I kind of like, I think. I like the mystery of that. Um, So now we're back at the lake with Vera. Um, Probably my favourite scene in the film, this. Uh, Possibly my favourite kill, too. So she drops Shelley's wallet in the lake, and then she has to go in to get it. Meanwhile, Jason appears for the first time, wearing his iconic hockey mask that he just took from Shelley. And she sees him out the corner of her eye. And she says, hey, sorry, I dropped your wallet. And then she turns to look at him and realizes it's not Shelley. And she says, who are you? And then he walks down the jetty and just aims the spear gun. And she says, cut it out. And then he shoots the spear right across the lake into Vera's eye. And it's just such a great kill. It's so funny. (laughs) Just the way he's so casual about it, like, and then he just drops the gun and just walks off like nothing. It's almost like a mic drop. It's just yeah, he, so great. I like the way that that like he the way he walks and the way he kills is you could just feel the awkwardness about him. Yeah, like yeah. the I don't know what it is. It's just it's yeah. just weird. Uh, yeah, I totally I get what you're saying there. There's a vibe to him in this one. I really like, uh, is it Richard Brooker? I, I like his Jason. It's it's cool because it's creepy. Um, but again, it's just so casual, this kill, and just the way that he just drops a spear gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. Um, again, great with the 3D, with the spear coming straight towards the screen. So then we see the hammock teams, they're wrapping it up. She goes off to take a shower. He goes off to get a beer. Um classic classic slasher mm-hmm. and um, i like the fact that she's pregnant and he's asking her if she wants a beer and earlier on like she didn't want to smoke because she's pregnant and i'm like okay you know what i've seen this movie so many times and i've never ever picked up on the fact that she's pregnant she talks about it like three or four times within I the just... first couple minutes of the movie <laughs> i guess i'm just not listening to what she's saying i'm too distracted by her beauty um yeah, so does she have the... like a bump no. No. She just talks about it. She's just like, hey, we're pregnant. Remember that. Oh, yeah, I totally... I never noticed that at all. <laughs> um, so then we get him walking on his hands. Um, <laughs> and I love that video you sent me of Kevin last night attempting oh, to... Oh, it's do... hilarious. He tried for a long time, too. <laughs> did he... Did he... <laughs> I was going to say, did he get it up? Did no. He managed... <laughs> He he was not able. He was not able to walk on his hands. (laughs) 
because he was like, I can do that. And I was like, no, you can't. And he was like, you don't think I can? I was like, no. <laughs> and then he tried. And... <laughs> it was hilarious. Maybe I should post that video on uh, Instagram whenever we. we oh, uh, I don't think that he'd like that. <laughs> he wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the private chat. Um, so, yeah, this this dude, he's walking on his hands for some reason. Um I've never been able to do that at all. I, oh. I've never been a, <laughs> like I said earlier, I was the fat kid and I wasn't very Same. flexible and agile, even yeah. though my parents forced me to join gymnastics club. Yeah. Um, and it was horrendous because I was the fat kid and I couldn't do anything aside from like forward rolls. Yeah. It was terrible. I, I have no coordination, anything like that. Yeah, they. I mean, I tried to do like a cartwheel and it just wasn't happening, you know. There's just logistically, it, you can't get a fat kid to do a cartwheel or stand on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as he's doing this, he bumps into Jason. Fantastic kill. Great camera oh, work here. This one was really cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. <laughs> we get the shot from underneath, like what mm-hmm. this dude is seeing. Jason just towering over him and he splits him in half right down the groin with a machete. And I just cross my legs <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess he did get his uh, his string snapped. Um, so now she gets out of the shower. And then she goes back and sits on the hammock and she's reading Fangoria magazine. Yep, that, that was a really cool little touch. She's actually reading an article on Tom Zavini, which is a nice little nod to the legendary special effects makeup guy from part one. And nice little homage as well to his work from that movie here. Then if you notice, I did but not. The, um, the way the blood drips from above onto the magazine and... Uh, then she looks up and she discovers her boyfriend hacked her bits. But then it's the same again as the Kevin Bacon kill, you see, because mm. she's lo- as she's looking up at that dripping blood. Your attention's diverted and she gets attacked from below as Jason grabs her, holds her down and stabs her from behind with the blade. And it comes up through her chest, just the same as the Kevin Bacon one. And it's really well done. I love this kill. Now we get the stoners. They're, they've got the munchies, so they're making popcorn. Um, funny 3D shot there with the popcorn flying out the screen. <laughs> um, and then the power goes out. So then she tells um, him to go to the cellar and check the fuse box. And uh, and he says, in the dark, alone? And she's like, be a man, man. <laughs> funny. And then, of course, he, he goes down to the creepy cellar and he gets a fake scare by a dead skunk. Um, and then he's like stoked on like a nudie calendar for some reason. <laughs> and then Shelly turns up with his throat slit at the door. And she thinks that he's just pulling a practical joke as usual and ignores him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny. Now we get back uh, to Chuck in the cellar and he gets the lights working. And then this is a fucking great shot. So mm-hmm. as he turns on the lights, Jason stood behind him in all this glory. And after this shot, like, it just sets off a great sequence of events in the movie. Like, he turns and sees him, shits himself, and Jason grabs him, throws him onto the power box and electrocutes him to death. And it's an Yeah, awesome, I liked this one really a lot. Awesome kill. 
like sparks flying everywhere and he's twitching. Um, and now we see upstairs, the power is like going on and off. The lights are flickering. <laughs> His girlfriend's wondering why. <laughs> and then she discovers that Shelly is actually dead. Um, and then <laughs> he has some terrible acting. She's like scared and she goes upstairs to tell the hammock lovers that Shelly's dead. She's like, Shelly's dead. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. Um, and meanwhile, Jason goes and grabs the hot poker from the fire. And then she comes back downstairs, not being able to find them. And then she gets scared by a door blowing open and then turns straight into Jason, who stabs her right through the middle with the hot poker. Another great kill. You see, like, the steam coming off and everything. And then really, really nice shot of him actually picking her up and carrying her off in his arms. Love that shot. Um, and now we see Chris and Rick. They're walking back to the lodge. And they discover that no one's there. So Rick then goes outside to take a look around. And then Chris goes after him um, and then shouts at the door. Another great shot here because we see that Rick is right behind the corner where she stood. And Jason's holding him. I know. Holding his mouth so he can't scream. And again, that's like nightmare fuel, isn't it? Can you imagine? Nightmare fuel, yes. <laughs> it's so good. So she's go- she goes back inside, unaware that we're going to get one of the best kills again here. So Jason lifts up Rick from the ground and then crushes his head with his bare hands. I know. Amazing kill as his eye literally pops out of his head, <laughs> out of the screen in 3D. <laughs> Gives a whole new meaning to eye-popping special effects. Ah, so nasty. Probably my favourite kill in this. Yeah, it's probably Um, one of the more clever ones, too. Yeah, it's so good. I love the practical effects, you know, with the prosthetic head. Like, you could see, like, all the work that went into setting that up. Really good. Um, So then Chris, she goes to investigate upstairs because she feels a leak coming from up there. So she goes in the bathroom. It's all flooded. And she finds a load of bloody clothes in the bath. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, almost like Michael Myers, where, like, Jason's kind of fucking with them here. Um, so she runs outside, and uh, she's trying to find Rick. And then she runs into one of the dead bikers who's hanging upside down from the death barn. Um, so then she runs off and barricades herself in a cabin. Another nod to the original, I guess. And I uh, like her. I mean, she... She uh, <laughs> she actually tries, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of times the final girls or whatever don't try as hard. But she was, mm. like, she was, like, beating him up and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. I Honestly, I think Chris is a really underrated final girl. Yeah, um, I liked her a lot. Yeah, she's sick. Um, So now we get another nod to the original as Rick's body gets thrown through the window. Again, Jason following in his mother's footsteps. Um, and then Jason appears at the window with an axe looking scary as fuck. And like Chris screams and runs away and throws a bookcase on him. So good. Uh, and then she hides in a room upstairs. And she finds one of her dead mates in there. As the body falls out, she screams. And of course, now Jason knows that she's in there and he's hammering at the door. And then she thinks fast and she pulls out the knife that was still in her dead friend's back um and then jason hacks apart the door with his axe and then puts his hand through it to open it 
And then Chris stabs him in the hand with the knife. Mm-hmm. And then she's swinging at him and then stabs him again in the leg. And, and then Jason pulls it out of his leg and throws it at her and misses. I know, I thought that was a cool part. Yeah. Um, so then she goes into another room and then throws a chair at a window to break it and climbs through it. And then Jason grabs her as she's hanging out of this window. Um, and then her jacket tears and she falls to the ground and gets away. And then she grabs a log and she hides behind a corner and waits for Jason as he comes out the door and hits him with it. And she gets away. She gets in the van. She drives off. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to but mow little down does she Jason. Know. <laughs> little does she know that they've taken the fuel. And, of course, the van cuts out on the bridge. Um, and then we see Jason running towards her. It's great. Um, and then the bridge starts to break from the weight of the van. And then Jason appears at the window and grabs her by the neck. And then she manages to, like, roll up the window and trap his arms. <laughs> and then she gets away through the passenger side door. And then Jason breaks the glass with his head uh, and then gets away. And then he chases her back to the death barn. Uh, so she hides on top, on the top of a beam in here. Great scene. Because, like, he's, like, tearing the place apart looking for her. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't, know if she, she, I don't know if she does this on purpose, but she drops down, like, on top of him. So, like, I don't think she did. Back. I think she was struggling to stay up yeah. there. <laughs> By accident. Uh, so then she tries to run away. And then he goes at her with a machete and misses. And then she grabs a shovel and whacks him from behind, knocking him out. And then she makes a noose from this winch. And she pushes him from the top of the barn and hangs him from it. See, and I really like that, too, because, like, mm. in other movies, they usually are like, okay, he's knocked out, I'm going to leave. And they never mm. do anything with the body. And I was like, that's a really cool, like, little thing that she just Yeah, she wanted to finish the him. job. Yeah. yeah. So she climbs down, thinking it's all over. And um, she lets herself out of the barn. And Jason's just hanging there at the mm-hmm. door, just looking lifeless. But then all of a sudden, he springs to life and, like, grabs the rope and pulls himself up. So mm-hmm. cool. Um, she says, you can't be alive. Uh, but then as he's, like, lifting the mask to get the noose off, she realizes it's him. And she says, it's you. And we get the first full uh, close-up shot of his face. Mm-hmm. Of Jason proper, in my opinion. It's a really iconic look. I love the way how he looks here. Great special effects. Really scary looking. Um, and then he pulls his mask back down, picks up the machete and goes towards Chris. And then randomly, this bald biker dude is still alive somehow and jumps out from behind and goes to attack him. Um, Jason turns around and just chops his hand off. Like, mm-hmm, again, I thought that was cool. Great practical special effects. Nice bit of gore. Um, and then he just throws him down and just hacks the shit out of him. So good. Um, and then while he's distracted, Chris grabs an axe. And then as he turns towards her, she hits him right in the head with it, like causing that iconic trademark slit in the mask uh, that he has in all the movies going forward. Uh, and then Jason reaches out with both of his arms to grab her. It's like one of my favorite shots in the entire franchise, this. So good. Like the axe still stuck in his head and his arms stretched out with his fingers reaching like a zombie or something. And then 
he passes out, falls to the ground, and then Chris walks off. Um, and then another homage to the original. Of course, she jumps in the boat and then drifts out onto the lake. Um, and now it's morning. Uh, she's asleep in the boat in the middle of the lake. And then she wakes up screaming and she gets scared by a floating log and then a duck. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then she looks back across the water to the lodge. And then we see Jason peeking at her through a window, unmasked with a huge gash in his head from the axe, like mm, blood pouring so all down creepy. his hideous face. And he looks so scary. And he kind of like hisses at her as well. And he's like clawing at the window. It's so scary. And then she screams and tries to paddle away. But then she hits a log. And then Jason bursts through the door and sees her struggling. And he almost smiles at her as he's like running towards her. And she's like trying to move the log. And then she looks back and then he's disappeared. And it's like silent for a moment. And that very creepy score kicks in. Mm-hmm. And then a brilliant chair jumper, jump scare ending. As zombie Mrs. Voorhees rises up <laughs> from the water from behind the boat, grabs Chris and pulls her under. It's so sick. I love the look of Mrs. Voorhees here with like the worms, you know, like in her head. Um, mm. w- were you expecting this? Was it? Were you scared by this jump scare? Um, I was expecting a jump scare. I didn't know what they were gonna do, so I thought that was kind yeah. of a cool touch, though. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really nice you know nod to the original again this is how you do it right in my opinion like nice little parts that are thrown in and obviously nodding to the first film but they're effective you know yeah um but of course this was all a dream again because now it fades to another scene where a policeman is walking through the property of higgins haven and uh, of course it mirrors the end of the first one again because this policeman is saying to his colleague Oh, she must have flipped out. She was talking about a lady in the lake, just like Alice was talking about the boy in the lake. Um, mm-hmm. So then she gets taken away in a police car and she's like hysterical. Um, and then it pans back to Jason lying on the floor of the barn with the axe still in his head and then back to the lake. And then a little bubble rises. I know, I thought that was cool. That's it. And it's a great ending. I love it. Um, I guess we, should we go into final thoughts? This Sorry, one was I'm... a lot more entertaining to me. I mean, yeah, the storyline was kind of stupid or whatever. But this one, I don't know. I think the characters were a lot stronger. Um, the acting was not great. I mean, she, no. I think Chris, the actress who played Chris did really good. But I think everybody else mm-hmm. was kind of like, bleh. Um, yeah, definitely. But I was more interested in this movie. And I was more intrigued by this movie than the last one. Yeah, it's more engaging, definitely. Like, even though the story is ridiculous and right. the acting is bad, there's more to it. I'll give you that, definitely. And the kills are definitely a lot better. Um, I mean, for me, I love this movie. The only problems I have with it are the acting and the plot, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Like, why is Jason killing them? Um, and it literally never mentions anything to do with Camp Crystal Lake or Jason or Mrs. Voorhees. It's almost like it's not connected to any of the others. Like, and, and that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, this could be a whole just movie separate by itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is almost like a little spin-off Jason Voorhees film. Like, right. standalone. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with Camp Crystal Lake or the legend of Jason Voorhees. Like, it's not even counselors or a camp. 
like it's funny because like you'd think that these these people are going like camping at Crystal Lake they'd at least bring up that at some point considering in the last movie it was like on everybody's lips that everyone was talking about the legend you know and right right yeah it's just not mentioned at all here um but I mean putting that aside and the plot and the story and the acting like stuff that would actually be important to a regular non-horror movie <laughs> uh, but as slashers go you know this is a great movie um yeah i rewatch it often um and the 3d aspect of it makes me it makes it even more appealing to me it's almost like two different movies like when i want to watch it regular and you know appreciate the cinematography and the directing you know that's great but when i feel like i want to you know, a bit of a gimmick and want to watch it in a grainy blue and red filter and have fun with the 3D, you know, I can do that too. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, if I were to like, if someone to come to me and say, I've not seen any of the Friday 13th films before and I can only watch one, uh, I would recommend this one. I just think it's quintessential Yeah, I Friday. think I would too. And it's just, even though it's missing out like all the usual Friday the 13th, like trademark ingredients. It's just, it's a good standalone. And Jason's great in it. You know, Jason does everything that you want him to do. He's scary. He does great kills. He's badass. You know, some great tension. And yeah, I mean, that's all you can ask for in one of these films. Yeah. And I, like I said, I really enjoyed this one. So, so far, my ranking is one, three, and two. Mm-hmm. Um, one. The first one to me, like, is just so great. Just the whole old lady serial killer thing. Just really just so good. <laughs> yeah. So good to me. It's one of the best twists ever, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Because I can imagine. I can't even imagine being in that theater and you have no idea what's going on. Then all of yeah. a sudden it's just this, like, old lady. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I was like that the first time I watched it because I thought it was going to be Jason Voorhees in his hockey mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, because obviously that's what the franchise is. But yeah, from that's the only time in this franchise where there is a twist or a mystery or, you know, a scream like kind of kind of twist to it. From this point on, it's obviously always Jason. So there's no surprises. Right. You're literally in these movies for just a fun, dumb ride of watching some interesting kills and some bad acting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that about does it for this episode. So, yeah, next time we will be covering the next movie in the franchise, Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. The final chapter. <laughs> spoilers, it, it isn't the final chapter. Um, they probably made far too much money again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, make sure you've watched that movie ready to come back and join us for that discussion next episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Send us in some suggestions of what movies you want us to do after this franchise. We'd love to hear them. Uh, email us, contacthorrorhomeschool at gmail.com. As long as it's not the new um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because I promise you I will never watch that movie ever <laughs> again. Yeah, it's funny. Like When I realized that was coming out, I was like, oh, shit, should we have delayed the Fridays a month and, and just done, like, a, a Texas Chainsaw month? Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm glad we, we're not doing that one for a while. <laughs> I think I'm going to maybe, like, record something later on and try and upload it to the Patreon about how much that movie sucked. 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, we won't get into it here, but it was fucking dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to our regular listeners and friends of the pod. John Howard, Ash Bowker, Daniel Cox, Ella Lineker, Ryan Horn, Sadie and Katie at Welcome to Horrorland, the musical maestro and the composer of our wonderful theme song, Feel Mouse. Everyone go and check out his music. Go to offbrandmusic.com. And for his band, go to allofheadtwitch.net. And also go and check out Justin Leal and his podcast and merch over at leallegacy.com. I'm currently listening to his commentary on Peter Pan, and it's great. Uh, so any Disney nerds, go and check that out. Uh, the podcast is called Radnorock. Uh, I'm listening to it on Apple Podcasts, but I'm sure it's on Spotify and everything else. Are you talking about Peter Pan? Yeah, he's he's doing commentary on like all the classic Disney movies. So oh. he's done Cinderella, he's done Peter Pan. He also I'm check it out. Yeah, it's great. He does commentary like a watch along. Uh, like you can literally press play when when he does and watch the movie with him. And then he does an extra episode where it's literally, you know, the way we do trivia for the mm-hmm. films. Like he does like an, an intense look on everything about the movies and stuff related to the theme parks and that. It's it's really interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, he's big into Disney. Like he, he visits Disney like on like a monthly basis. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend that's like that. He loves Disney and he goes to Disney by himself every year. And I'm like, what is this? That's crazy. I'd so do that. I'd have I'd have so much fun. Oh, I would too. Kevin never wants to go to Disney. He doesn't think it's cool. <laughs> I, I like doing stuff on my own, you know, like that. Like, you know, other people might think, oh, it's sad. You know, you're going to Disneyland on your own. or But I like going to gigs on my own as well. Like, you just, you only have yourself to please. You don't have to worry about anyone else, you know, like. I'm too attached to go by myself for things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we're going to go see Creeper. They've rescheduled the tour, Lucky. so I can't fucking wait for that. It's uh, it's soon too. It's like next month. So jealous, jealous, jealous. Cannot wait. Um, oh, also go and check out JB and his podcast over at TalkNerdy.uk. Um, there you can also find links to listen to this show for this podcast. So thank you, JB, for giving us that platform. Um, do you have any special mentions or shout outs? Oh yeah, I'm sorry guys, I always forget. Um, shout out to my mom and my sister, Bethany and Cynthia. Um, and then check out my brother's podcast, uh, Maximum Effort with Christian McGann. Um, just positive, uplifting, really fun. So, um, nope, that's about it right now. Uh, yeah, shout out to Ashley's family for being supportive as ever. It's awesome, and we really appreciate it. Especially me, because I'm just this random British stranger that you've never <laughs> met, and you just you just have to listen. You're forced to listen to me ramble on about movies that you've never seen that you don't care about. So that that's a lot of love for your daughter. Like right there. seriously, though, to be honest, it's like I don't know. It doesn't even matter that I've never actually met you, but it's like you're already in, like involved so much into my life my family knows all about you that's so weird but like you are basically part of the family (laughs) i've probably told this before but i I always um get you and abby mixed up like the names like (laughs) abby off (laughs) well i don't know i don't think she's bothered but i literally i'll be talking about you and call you abby um or like the other way around <laughs> sometimes well, that's uh that's what happens whenever there's a whole bunch of a names 
Um, yeah, so uh, go to horrorhomeschool.com for links to everything, including all of our socials and where you can listen to the show. And there you'll find a link to Ashley's Etsy. Scroll right to the bottom and click on merch. We've got shirts there for the show. Yeah, and I'm going to update that soon, guys. I'm so sorry. I just started a new job and I'm just kind of like trying out life right now. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be cool. I think we're going to put a long sleeve up on there soon, right? Mm-hmm. Black long sleeve with like the red uh, print on the front with our logo and it looks really sick. Yeah. So yeah, keep, keep a watch out for some updates on the store. Still got the 20% off. Just type in thank you, all one word, when you go to check out. And, um, yep, anyone that's bought merch, post some pictures. We'd love to see it. We'll share them out. Um, send in your comments and questions. Feel free to DM us on Instagram and Facebook or email us, contacthorrorhomeschool at gmail.com. Personal social media stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me at underscore Babraham Lincoln underscore. We will be back soon with another episode. And remember, I'm not an asshole, I'm an actor.